This is the very first episode of the Thundercast for this new 2021 school year. I am the new host, Christian Esparza. Joining me will be Parker Haney. We are kind of the two sports writers for SUU News for the University Journal. Um, we're super excited about the sports that we have. A lot of really good things going on so far. So first, I want to touch on the women's volleyball. I haven't done a whole lot writing about them yet, so let's just give a quick recap here up to this point. So they were 9-8 and eight overall last year. They had an 8-6 and six record in the big sky. The most impressive thing was that this team was 8-1 and one at home. Their only loss at home was to Dixie. But then in away games, they were 0-6. So it was kind of a, a weird thing that they had going on last year. Then in the playoffs, they were able to beat Montana State three sets to two in the first round. And that was actually SEU's first Big Sky playoff win ever in volleyball. So that was a really, really big deal. Really big historic moment for this volleyball team. Then they lost uh, to the University of Colorado in round two, three sets to zero. And then in the offseason, they kind of had a, a weird situation going on. They fired their head coach, Pete Hoyer, and that happened just about a month before the season started. The circumstances surrounding that firing was kind of odd, a little quiet. Nobody really knows why, but they moved on. They hired Casey Nady as the new head coach for this 2021 season. And then they're 3-6 and six so far up to this point across three different tournaments. Regular season play starts this week, Wednesday, at home against USU. Uh, Parker's going to be covering that game, I believe, right, Parker? Yep, I'll be there. Yeah, so Stacy Hone, I think, is the biggest name to watch. She's returning as one of the biggest names on the offense. Uh, she has 66 kills over their nine games this season. She finished last year second on the team with 154. Andriana McKee, she's another big name to watch. Uh, she finished first on the team in kills last year. Uh, she had, I believe, around 160. I think she missed a couple sets this year so far, but I think they're going to have a really, really good team. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Parker, do you have any sort of outlook for this year? Um, I think that – I think – I'm excited to see what their approach going into the season is, right? It's always exciting coming off of a win like that, your first Big Sky Tournament win ever. Um, and then it's like, where do we go from there, right? What yeah. is our next goal? And I'm hoping that their next goal is just to get back to the tournament, right? Yeah. Just because you won a tournament game, you don't need to go into the season expecting – all right, now let's win the whole thing, right? I hope that their their goals are realistic and then they, they're able to a- accomplish more of their goals, right? Like you were saying, new head coach in there. They're three and six on the season right now. Um, like you were saying, soon to get into um, conference play in a couple weeks here. Um, but, yeah, I, I – and I guess, yeah, that's, that's really all it is, is I'm just excited to see what their mindset is coming into the season. Like I just said, three and six, it's not a great start, but it's definitely not bad, right? Like yeah. you can, there's definitely still time to, and we haven't even hit conference play, so. And it's just, it's so weird, the whole deal surrounding firing their old coach. Right. Bringing on a new coach just a month before the season starts, obviously you're going to have a really rocky beginning to the season. Um I think, honestly, they're going to struggle against Utah State tomorrow with USU just being a bigger school, higher competition. I think that 
I think that's going to be a really tough game. I think they're going to struggle against Dixie State later this week, Friday and Saturday. They got swept by Dixie last year, and it was, it was a really, really ugly game. Like, it was it was bad. So I, I hope I get proven wrong, but I do think they're looking at an 0-3 start to the regular season. But the good news is I think after that, once they start playing big sky schools, I think things are going to ease up, turn around a little bit. Their first opponent right there, that's Eastern Washington. Um, they beat Eastern Washington last year, so I think that's going to kind of, if they can obviously pick up that win this season, that's going to give them momentum going into this big sky play. But it's so hard to kind of gauge, like, yes, they're coming off that playoff win, but what what's everything looking like with their new head coach? So. Yeah, and I, I think, think I think the other big thing too, right? Is those first three conference games. We've got Eastern Washington, September twenty third. That's a Thursday. University of Idaho, September twenty fifth. That's a Saturday, and then into the next week, we got NAU, uh, September twenty eighth, which is a Tuesday. All three games at home, right? So you're starting yeah. off conference play at home. It's almost like we were saying with the Broncos, right? If they can go three and zero in those first games, or even two and one, right? Yeah, that's going to be a really good start to conference before you start. Um, a, a three-game road stretch. So I think that, like I was saying, you gotta you got to set reasonable goals for yourself. If you can go 2-0 and in this first opening weekend of of conference play, then then you're setting yourself up to have a really solid season and and something to be excited for, something to get get students to come out to the AFEC and, and, get, and get jumping and get loud. Right, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think they're going to do great this season. Um, just being honest here, but I, I think that with the head coach, new head coach, I think that might be a little too much adversity to overcome, but again, hopefully I get proven wrong. So yeah, I think that's going to be huge if they can go two and one right there or even three and oh, yeah. that would be sick. And all three games at home, they were spectacular at home last, last year. So right. hopefully they'll be able to, uh, put that to good use. I'm really excited to, I watched a lot of volleyball last year last year actually um that playoff game it was super fun it was fun to watch andriana mckee had a huge game uh she was a big part of that victory so she's returning as i mentioned already stacy hone one of their best players as well returning so that's always good when you have experience like that coming back and uh they've been there they know what to do so on the women's soccer um i wrote kind of a season preview for the women's soccer team this year and basically just to recap that I really like what they've got going on over there. Their record does not show it right now. Uh, one and five. Okay, but Coach Kai Edwards is legit. He is that guy. Uh, he led this program to a winning season last year, and that was their first one since, like, 2007. Yeah. Amazing. And then uh, right away he was rewarded with a new contract extension, good through 2024, so good reason over there. And then you think – the other thing, you think of SEU women's soccer, and for a lot of people, the first thought is like, wait, we have a soccer team? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, not very many people know about it because they've been so bad for the last decade. You go to games, and there's maybe like 50 people there. But I think Edwards obviously wants to change that. I think he brings in kind of a new culture and a new swagger, um, and it, it wasn't there before, but now it is, and I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I love what you just said, right? Like, he's just bringing some excitement to soccer, right? Like, yeah. more and more people are talking about it, just random people, right? Students walking down the hallway. Hey, do you know we have a soccer team? Do you know there's a game right. this week? Like, yeah, let's go. Let's get people out there. They, we don't 
quite have any bleachers for people to sit on yet, but there's a nice little hill that we can sit on. Yeah, if you go watch the game, you got to bring like a camping chair, yeah. like a blanket, yep. just FYI. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it's fun. <clears throat> yeah, you you just look at this uh, this one and five start, and like you were saying, it's not obviously not the start that they wanted to get off to, but um, still things to to be excited about and to to want to build on right first of all you open with a win against hope international university 1-0 win um and now you're on a five game losing skid and a lot of them that you probably thought you could have won um and now you have a game this week in cedar against dixie state and that's that's just going to be a huge game you're definitely going to want to win not only is it the in-state rival but it's you're you're trying to get a couple wins under your belt before you start um conference play which starts in two weeks um, September 24th against the University of Northern Colorado at home. Um, yeah. Like we were saying again with the with the volleyball team, their first two games are at home. University of Montana um, is that next Sunday, September 26th. So they open their conference at home on the 24th against UNC on Friday, and then the 26th, University of Montana. Uh, again, both of those games at home, and it's, it's just imperative to win at home, especially yeah. when – I guess I don't know this for a fact, but I could almost guarantee it. Every other team in the conference doesn't play on grass, right? I'm almost certain that they have turf fields. And when you come to Cedar, you're playing on grass, and it's not well-cut grass, right? It's thick (laughs) grass. You have the advantage. You've been practicing on it. You need to win at home when everybody else has to come here and play on thick grass that they suck on. Um, You need to be able to win. So those first two games of conference are going to be big, but – yeah, like what you're saying, I, I hope that we can get some wins under our belt because then you're just going to have people excited. You're going to have people going to soccer games, and that yeah. just makes it more fun. It makes it more fun for everybody, right? So hopefully we can win those first two games at home um, and then and then build from there. And I think um, that Dixie game is huge because not only, you know, in-state rival, but that's future conference opponent as well moving to the WAC next year, Dixie will be there as well. I mean, at least I think that's how it's going to be for soccer. That's how it is. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I would assume. Yeah. But the other thing I think you have to remember with this soccer team, and it's another thing a lot of people don't realize, is yes, their record's one and five, and that's brutal. But they've – a lot of them have been close games. They lost uh, zero to three to UNLV, and then they lost zero to six to University of Irvine. But other than that, all their other games have been, like, one-point losses. Yeah. And I think part of that reason is this team is dang young. They are a very, very young team. They have 14 freshmen on the roster, meanwhile having uh, three seniors and eight juniors. So that's, like, 14 freshmen, 11 combined juniors and seniors. That's huge. So, obviously, they're not going to be great this year. But a lot of these younger players are getting quality playing time, quality minutes, and that's great. So they're not going to make waves this year. That's that's the truth. That's fine. But it's it's about development. And so, you know, like I said, these these players are getting all these good minutes, quality minutes, and then you think uh, over to next year, two years after that, then that's when I think this new culture that uh, Coach Edwards is bringing in that's when I think you're going to be able to actually see it. And I think I'm, I'm really excited for that. I think they're going to be a really, really good team over the next two or three years. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. It's a really young team, um, and they've played some good teams as well uh, to start this preseason. So a really young team, and, and we'll see if they can make a little bit of a splash here going into conference play and, and win some win some soccer games. Yeah, super excited for women's soccer. Um, shout out to <clears throat> Connor Sanders last year. He put me on that. Um, I watched a couple games so far. It, it's fun. Soccer is kind of boring sometimes, but, I mean, going to a home game, even if there's not that many people, it's fun to just set your blanket up and just chill, just relax over on that. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. So the big one here, let's talk about football now. Everybody knows the story of the football team last year. One in five, they had a six-game season in the spring. All of those losses were by one possession. Yep. The most was by eight points. Uh, three of those losses were on last-second scores. Right. right? We, had, we had the lead in, had the, the, lead in the final minute of the game. Ten seconds or less. Gave up a, either a game-winning field goal or touchdown. So that is insane. Bad taste in the mouths of Thunderbirds this year on the roster. Um, then they start off this season 0-2. And from the outside, it looks ugly. To the untrained eye, it looks ugly. 14-45 loss to San Jose State. 14-41 loss to Arizona State. But what you got to do, you kind of got to take a step back and realize that those are FBS schools. Yep. Literally big programs that they pay small schools like SUU to go out and play them and kind of give them an easy win. So, yes, on the scoreboard, look, it looks bad. But uh, you got to realize San Jose State dominated their conference last year. Yeah, they were won, the, won the Mountain West. They won the Mountain West. They were They were amazing. Arizona State, they're traditionally a really, really good school. They're well-respected. We're ranked uh, number 25 when yeah. we played them. Yeah, so those are dang good programs, both of them. So when you watch those games, it's not about, okay, what was the final score? How many passing yards did Miller have? How many whatever, whatever? It's more about what did the Thunderbirds show against these big schools that's going to transfer and carry over to when they start playing uh, these FCS schools and conference play and stuff like that, so. What, what do you have in those first two games? Yeah, so it's – yeah, you hit it right on the head, right? It's just taking the little victories, right? It's taking the little positives that happened against those bigger schools, against those uh, – in those money-grab games that we can build on. Um, and I think the big thing for me is just at least at times we showed that we can move the ball. Yes. And in a variety of ways, right? David Moore had a lot of um, – of, of nice carries that went for like six or seven yards on a first down, right? It's been a long time since we've had a back that can get us six yards on a first down. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's refreshing to see us be able to move the ball. And granted, like we were saying, um, San Jose State was one of the top defense in all of FBS last year, right, right. as far as points allowed. Their defensive um, line was arguably one of the best in yeah, the nation. Yeah, literally. So, and you they know, all returned as starters this year. Yeah, not being able to move the ball against San Jose State is is expected, right? You're not supposed to be able to. And we were able to still a little bit, right? Like we still had a, a, a decent game there. When I start to get worried is the 45 points and the 41 points. Now, again, it's like we were saying, they're money grab games. These teams are supposed to be much better than we are. They have a lot higher recruiting pull, so on and so forth. Um, but you just – 45 points is a lot. It right? is. You, you really hope that you can 
hold a team to less than that because in on defense it's it's more of a scheme thing than an individual thing right oftentimes you will have players on offense that can just make a better play than what your defensive back can make but when it comes down to it if you have the proper scheme and if your guys are in the right place you should be able to hold the team to 24 points even if they are that much better than you so the one thing that worries me is that both teams scored over 40 points but I'm hoping that that's just because those two teams were really good but that's what this podcast is for, is to preview this Tarleton State game. Yeah, and I think this defense has kind of been what we expected this year. Um, they kind of have a lot of turnover in the secondary. Um, but just looking, you know, at who they have, La Kea, Kaho, Ohano, Hano, Davis, yep. the mouthful, I mean, he's been the heart and soul. He leads the team in tackles. He has 20 tackles. The next closest guy has nine. Yeah. So he has over double what you know everybody else is doing very impressive player he also has a sack so far um, but like i said the the secondary is going to be their weak spot lj davis he's made a couple plays over there but other than that it's like they don't have a whole lot of continuity from last year and that's that's going to be the killer so hopefully i mean their their defensive line francis beamy i mean he's a great defensive end ohano hano davis again Great player. He can come off the edge. He'll play up the middle. Really, really uh, versatile. But, again, I mean, this their defense is going to be, I think, the X factor for this season. I'm not worried about their offense at all. Like, really. Uh, Justin Miller, he kind of had a slower start over these first two games than some yeah. people were expecting, but he played great in the spring. He has 285 yards over these two games, um, but the offensive line has been a little leaky. Again, going against that San Jose State line, they gave up a lot of pressure. Um, I think the receivers are kind of struggling getting some separation, but when he can get the ball to them, I mean, Brandon Shanks, players like that, really, really good with the ball in their hands. So I'm I'm excited to see what they can do when we start playing these smaller FCS schools. I think their offense is going to be great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, breaking down Tarleton a little bit, their starting quarterback, Stephen Duncan. Um, they have also played two games. Uh, he went 39 of 55 and three interceptions, right? So two touchdowns, three interceptions for Tarleton's starting quarterback. And like you were just saying, our DBs may be a weak spot for us this season. Um, so that's maybe something to look at, right? He's already thrown three picks. Maybe he's prone to – obviously, I don't. I haven't seen the videotape of those three interceptions, but he may be prone to making that, that iffy um, – decision every once in a while right and are our dbs going to be in the right position to capitalize um on said decisions uh the thing that i am a little bit worried about daniel wright jr they're starting running back 21 attempts 159 yards um and then jay mcdonald their second string running back 18 attempts 130 yards right Ooh. so they have a very balanced rushing attack with yeah. two guys that are just going to smack you time and time again right so that's you know, both guys over 100 yards um, on the ground this season in two games. We don't have one guy over 100 yards rushing. Yeah. Um, we barely have two guys at 50 yards rushing. So that's definitely something that's going to – that's we're going to have to – and I'm sure that Demo, that's that's obviously an emphasis, right, is, hey, yeah. these two backs can have proven that they can run guys over. So what are we going to do about it? It's going to be an emphasis on tackling, right? It's going to be Davis. It's going to be – Quade Murray, it's going to be Jaden Clark, it's going to be all of those linebackers that are going to have to step up and and make tackles 
at three and four yards. Yeah, you know that they're going to come in and try to just pound the ball down our throats. Um, not very hard to guess that there. So we'll see how this run defense can hold up there. Um, what about their defense? What's their defense looking like? Um, as far as defense goes, they actually haven't um, given up a ton of points. Trying to find it right here. Yeah, so they went to Stephen F. Austin and lost 10-20. to 20, um, And then they played Fort Lewis at home, and they won 54-7. to 7, Right, So even against Stephen F. Austin, only gave up 20 points. And then individually, a couple guys with, you know, over – oh, wow, four guys actually with over 10 tackles total on the season. But it's going to be – iffy right like I'm like we were saying I'm excited for our offense as a whole right because we have been able to attack on the ground and in the air doing a little bit of both that hasn't necessarily turned into a lot of points right which kind of brings me into head coach Demario Warren's main focus on the season I interviewed him for a radio show that I was doing this summer and he I mean he's made it known to a lot of outlets um our main focus has been finishing, right? You look yeah. at all of the games last year, like we just described, very close games that we lost down the stretch. He said, all we need to do is be able to finish ball games. If we finish ball games, we lose two games last year. Right. Right. And then we're then we're four and two, and then everybody's excited, and then everybody's happy, and, and we have a lot different energy going into this season. Mm. We have to be able to finish ball games. So I'm expecting that we're going to be in this game and I'm really hoping that we're going to be able to finish this ball game um, against a future whack opponent in Tarleton State. Yep. Um, it's it's just going to be a really big game, and they're playing at Tarleton, um, and they're going to have to get used to it because, like I said, future whack opponent, they're going to be traveling there often, um, and it's going to be important that we can come away with a victory here or at least be in the game, right? If we yeah. go in and get blown out like we have in the first two games, I think that then leads into the conversation of, you know, what do we do with head coach Demario Warren? That's what I was going to ask next is uh, what do you think has to be done this year in order for Demo to keep his job? Um, I, I, yeah, I don't want to say anything crazy, but I, I would say above 500. Yeah, I mean. Being for real. Why why, why do we need to keep him if he can't get us above 500 this year? It's it's a hard conversation, but, I mean, it has to be had. Um, yeah, we've had a few really bad seasons these past couple years. And, you know, it's crazy. You go to the first game, I guarantee stadium's going to be packed Saturday. Yeah, first home, home game of the season. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the season, there's hardly anybody at the games. Yep. Um, it's just not fun to watch losing football. But again, they were very, very inspiring in the spring. There was just those those heartbreaking moments. I mean, literally like seven seconds are left on the clock. Yep. And it's like if they don't make those big plays, like you said, we're four and two yeah. in the spring. The the most important thing for me as far as Demo's future is this is his first or second year with his full recruiting class, right? That's a good point. So too. yes, these last seasons have been rough, but all of these players were recruited by head coach Ed Lamb and not recruited by Demo, right? And not th not that that makes any difference, right? Maybe the players were even better than what Demo can bring in. But when you don't have that relationship with the players that you're bringing in because you didn't recruit them, mm -hmm. it's just a little bit different, right? So 
But now he has no excuses, right? All the kids that are there were recruited by him. He brought them in, right? And so that's why if you can't win with kids that you brought in, why do we need to keep you on? I so, think that's a good way to put it, and I, I think Demo knows that too. As you said, just no excuses this season. I mean, they should – they don't have a reason to be below 500. We know they can hang with their conference opponents, or at least most of them. Um, and, yeah, I think below – anything below that is going to be a disappointment. Yeah. Um, running through the rest of this season for football, um, just – a quick breakdown of what the season is going to look like. You guys can put it in your schedules and on your calendars. September 18th, Saturday, Tarleton State at Tarleton State. Homecoming, Eastern Washington's coming here September 25th at 6 p.m. Eccles Coliseum. Actually have back-to-back home games with Portland State also traveling here 6 p.m. Eccles Coliseum. That's October 2nd. Um, October 9th, we go on the road to Sacramento State, 7 p.m. Um, then Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff at 2 p.m. October 16th. Um, October 23rd, coming back home, University of Northern Colorado travels to Cedar City Eccles Coliseum, 6 p.m. October 30th at the University of Montana. Going to be a tough game there. University of Montana looks really good. Beat um, Pac-12 um, University of Washington. Uh, and then November 6th, University of Idaho in Moscow, Idaho at 2 p.m. And then finishing it off with the in-state opponent, final game of the season in Cedar, Weber State traveling here November 13th at 2 p.m. I love at that. Eccles Coliseum. Going to be a huge game there. I hope, I'm praying that there will be some, like, conference stakes, uh, yeah, stakes during that game because it would be just – super awesome but we'll see how the season plays out but that's a rundown um, of what the football season is looking like and what their season is going to look like as soon as we get into conference play yeah well I love that they're wrapping up the season against Weber I mean that's going to be huge it's either Weber or NAU that's their biggest rival in the conference Uh, Weber obviously three hours up to 15 four hours I guess in state that's huge I love watching them play Weber um, Weber was really, really good in the spring last year. They and they're really, really, really good really, again. Yeah, <laughs> they're really, really good again. So SEU is going to have to step up if they're going to want to be on par with some conference stakes in that game. But, I mean, regardless, even if Weber is great and SEU is good, that's going to be a great – that's going to be so yeah, much fun to watch. I can't wait. It's well, you, yeah, I mean, last season Weber State was far and above the best team in the big sky. Yeah. And we still only lost by – Three or six or whatever it was. We were in it till the very end. Right. That just shows how good we can be. We can hang with anybody. It's all about finishing. Yeah. So we'll see how uh, Coach Demo and the Thunderbirds finish uh, first against this first FCS game against Tarleton State. Parker and I are going to keep you guys updated throughout the season. Uh, I'm super excited to be taking over the Thundercast. The kids who did it before me, they were great at what they did. So – Big shoes to fill, but I think me and Parker are going to do awesome. Um, we're going to try to push episodes out every, I don't know, do you think they can do them by Tuesdays? Yeah, so I'll probably every Tuesday we'll record Monday and we'll break down what happened that Saturday in football and then also volleyball and soccer and any other sports that are going on. Actually, I want to give a shout-out to Cross Country. They're traveling um, to Florida this next weekend for the FSU Invitational. Uh, have a lot of good cross-country runners 
and a lot of people that are wanting to make a splash. So pay attention to that. Look up the stats for our cross-country team. That's going to be this weekend. They're traveling to Florida, so pay attention to that. But anyway, yeah, we'll be breaking down um, all of the fall sports. Plan on Tuesdays for um, the Thundercast pod to be released. Yeah, uh, I think that's the biggest thing with the Thundercast. I think that was probably one of their only issues last year is not getting them out on a consistent basis. I think that's what I want to focus on is just doing it consistently, getting it out on the same time every week. So we're definitely going to do that. Um, Shout out to Nate. Uh, That's your cousin, right? Yeah. I'll let you give him a shout out. (laughs) Shout out Nate Reiser. He's going to be editing all of the podcasts for you. So all of the podcasts that you hear put out by the University Journal, Sugar and Spice, um, is a dating one. Talk nerdy to me. I think we're going to try and get going here. A couple different ones um, that are going to be put out on the University Journal's website and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So go and follow all of those socials. Um, but this has been the Thundercast with Christian Esparza and Parker Haney. Thank you guys for tuning in.